For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Recorded live. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. It's Charlene Anderson, your wholesale sourcing expert, here on Wednesday, February 21st, 2018 with a really great show that I've been looking forward to for a long time. We have two guests with us today, two women who have been members of the Wholesale Sourcing Experts group for quite a while, and two people I've actually met in person, so this makes it a really unique one. So we have Jennifer Pershing-Simmers, and we have Ellie Lippitz joining us today. Hi, ladies. Hello. Hey, Charlene. How are you guys doing? Staying warm? It's 80 here in New Jersey. Yeah, it's... it's in the 70s in Pennsylvania. It's really unseasonably warm. That's crazy. It's zero here right now. So, uh, wow. But we don't have nearly as much snow as we should. Um, so it's going to be a weird, weird summer. But anyway, let's jump right in because I know we could do this like for all day. Um, for those people who are new in the group, um, can each of you give a little background about how you got started selling on Amazon and that, and we'll do it in, in alphabetical order. We'll do Ellie first and then Jen. Okay. I um, started on eBay um, in 1999, took the typical route doing eBay, and then in 2013, 14, around there, I started selling on Amazon and moved away from eBay because I wanted to start doing one off, stop doing one offs and start selling um, products where someone else shipped them. I started out RA like most people. And then last year um, I made it my goal in 2017 to be 99% wholesale. And I am. So well done. Well done. Jen? Um, I, uh, I started on Poshmark, where I have quite a few followers, um, sold a lot of clothes there, started selling my maternity clothes, moved to purchasing and reselling thrift store clothes on that platform. Um, when I heard a podcast with Jessica LaRue talking about selling on Amazon, at that point, I found the Thrifting for Profit podcast, started listening to Charlene and Deborah learned a lot, uh, did the board games, moved from thrifting very quickly into retail arbitrage, and uh, actually pretty quickly straight into wholesale, where I am 100% wholesale today. Awesome. Now, can you tell, tell us what Poshmark is? I'm not, I have a rough idea, but not detail-wise. Oh, um, it's, a, it's a selling platform uh, that primarily focuses on women's clothing and accessories. They do allow men's and kids' clothing now, but they didn't uh, for a long time when it first started. It actually started as an iPhone-only app and uh, has evolved from there. And uh, I would say it's much smaller than eBay, but if you can gather a following and you can price items right for the marketplace, you can actually do pretty well there. Are they are they mostly high end brands or does it run the gamut from Gap to Dior kind? Of? Yeah, absolutely runs the gamut, and I would say it's more of the mall end brands as opposed to the high end brands. So you will find some of that on there. And one other question, because I'm curious, um, just from for myself, um, could sure. you do you sell wholesale things on there too, or just thrifted and stuff that's yours, or could you sell new product lines there? So you absolutely can sell, sell wholesale there. For me, I only use it as a platform to clearance out items that didn't do well on Amazon. Um, I just, for the time that you put into that platform, you don't get the same payoff. And I don't really have this, the time to put a lot of focus into that platform. So I really only use it to clearance out uh, Amazon stock that didn't sell well. That's what I was thinking about using it for too. <laughs> Oh, it's been well, great for jewelry, yeah. 
I do have to say, though, it's very social media based, like you have to like or friend people. But since mm-hmm. Jen um, showed it to me, I have been selling new items that I can't sell anymore on Amazon on Poshmark, like sneakers and things that I had pulled back out of the warehouse. So it you can sell new items, and they're a lot less picky about it. It doesn't need to come in a box. You know, once you ship it, it's gone. It's not, you're not like worrying about them returning it to you either, which is a beautiful thing. That must be a a freeing feeling. (laughs) Uh, Very much. So let's, let's talk a little bit to start about what has changed in your businesses since you were last on the show, which was over a year ago. Oh, you want to take that? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I'm 99% wholesale now, and um, to the and it was a little bit of a rough year for me. My sales definitely they came in pretty much exactly the same as they were the previous year. Uh, it was that whole switching of gears and stuff. The turns weren't as fast as um, as they are with RA, but my whole business has changed because it's all wholesale now. And now I'm even looking at um, private brand kind of stuff, my own brand coming out with my own products. And that's like even more of a switch from where I came from. So and I I'm, find it very I, interesting because you and I've been chatting, you know, at, uh, as you've gone to shows and everything that you're not doing the typical private label kind of stuff where people go to a seller in China, have them make something or just buy something and put their name on it. You're having people create products just for you, right? Exactly. That's exactly what I'm doing. And for the most part, it's made in America. Um, But I I do, and it was something Jen and I are going to talk more about is, is we totally look at going to a trade show differently too because of that. Cool. So, Jen, how has things changed for you in the year? I think that, uh, you know, it's funny talking to uh, Ellie about how different it was walking uh, New York Now in 2016 and walking New York Now in 2018. Um, It was such a big difference in our focuses, in the way we approached a booth, in how we talked to a person. Um, it really felt like a 180. I would say one of the big differences were that we were specifically looking for items that we could make our own. Um, Really, we want to find evergreen items so we can eliminate the competitiveness, the race to the bottom. So we're looking to either have exclusive deals with people or to more so my focus, and Ellie's too, has been to – have people create items exclusively for us to carry. So um, that focus for sure. There was definitely a comfort level in talking to people about Amazon, about e-commerce, not feeling um, not feeling nervous about telling people what it is that you do. And I would say also that. Um, Losing my train of thought. Sorry, <laughs> no I had a third thing, but I lost it. Sorry if it comes back to me. I'll tell you. So you, you know, you both, I think, feel a lot more comfortable just asking these things of people, right? Oh yeah. You know, yeah. I honestly, the last time we went, well, we went to Philadelphia Gift Show together in January, but then it had been almost a year since we had gone to a show together prior to that, and that was in New York now. You know, we'd gone to Philadelphia gift show, but honestly, New York now is so much more intense. And when we went last time together, um, we were still feeling out what we wanted. And so sometimes we were stepping on each other's toes a little bit, and we weren't really totally sure. We we were sort of still dancing around our niches and, and where we were going. Now we're both so comfortable in where we are and what we're doing. And we've both been extremely successful at it that it's just took away that part. Um, and neither of us had a problem finding, uh, finding vendors that'll work with Amazon sellers. Um, both of us have a more laid back approach to talking about it. We're not really intense about it. And, um, and we both learned from each other definitely 
about how to approach a vendor. And, and so it, it, it just totally changed. Like I was so relaxed going to New York now with her this time, both of us were, and it, it, we both found so many different vendors, really good vendors that it made it amazing. That's why I say in the group, going to a show is so important because you can get all the lists you want and you can get all the catalogs you want, but nothing, nothing is like being there in person and talking face-to-face with people. It's relationship building. It, like You know, yeah. I say that all the time, but it totally is about relationship building. It is and we do so I much, mean, yeah. We walk into booths differently, too. We don't come right out and go, I'm an Amazon seller. Will you do this? We both, like, admire that stuff. We look and see if it's something that we would want. And then, I mean, I usually say, you know, I'm, you know, they'll ask, a lot of times they'll ask where your store is, and we'll say, you know, we're e-commerce, or I'm a third-party seller on Amazon. And I would say 90% of the people had no problem with that. Wow, that's good to hear. That's really good to hear. If you let the conversation flow naturally, um, you don't put people on the defense. You know, if you come Mm -hmm. in saying, I'm an Amazon seller. Do you work with Amazon sellers? That's your first question. It's very off-putting. You know, it's a natural question when you're at the trade show for people to say, where are you located? And look at your badge. So from Mm -hmm. there, I found myself saying over and over again throughout the days was, you know, I'm outside of Pittsburgh, but I'm actually entirely online. And that opens that conversation. You know, they're going to know right then and there that if they have a problem with Amazon, it's going to come up right then and there early on in the conversation. If not, then it'll, grad- it'll, it'll eventually come up when you bring it up when it's time to order, if you're more interested, that sort of thing. But you don't put people on the defensive um, when you let it come up naturally. I do it I do it almost exactly the way you do it and I make a joke about living in the middle of nowhere and that's why we've had to be an online only retailer. And then it oh, leads into yeah. Cuz I am, you know, and I I'll say, you know, we have one little tiny yarn store here in town and we certainly couldn't support another one. Um so ha ha ha, you know, that's why we've had to to do this. So it it is some way to break the ice and it kind of explains and I don't say justify because I don't feel need to justify being online, but to give them something to hang hang on to as you're talking. Yeah, yeah I, absolutely. I, you know, more with women, but I do something along those lines where I say, you know, um, single parent raising two kids, um, this, you know, this makes it my way of being home with them or something like that. Or if they talk about brick and mortar, I have actually – had little stands in antique stores and stuff. So I'll say, been there, done that, don't want us to have to deal with that anymore, and it works fine. And I was at a show this weekend without Jen where there were smaller manufacturers, and all of them understood that. I think I only had one that didn't want to sell on Amazon. Um, and, I mean, the flip side is sometimes, you know, you get people that are, so overprotective. I know I tend to take um, photographs of stuff, and that's how I remember it. And we did go to a booth where I think I gave the the uh, kid who was a small a small vendor a heart attack because I didn't ask him if I could take a picture. And I took some pictures, and he was like, "No, no, I'm not. I'm not doing that." And afterward, Jen was like, "You know, he just about jumped out of his skin at you." <laughs> So, I, yeah, I mean, I thought a vein in his forehead was going to pop, and Ellie didn't even realize it. She's over there just taking pictures, and he's saying to her, I don't sell on Amazon, and she kept taking pictures. <laughs> and there's also I didn't a fear, even I think, from these small manufacturers who think you're going to copy their stuff, you know. And, um, but it's all gonna... online anyway. He had just I said know, to me, he sells yeah. on Etsy. It was like, uh, hello. And, and I will tell everybody – because I, I think I posted somewhere in the group, I got a new iPad and um, I used it for New York Now for the first time. I just wrote, literally, I took pictures. I wrote all the information right on the photo, what their minimum was, what the cost of the product was, where the booth was, anything else. And it worked out amazingly well. And I did it again this weekend um, with an Apple Pencil. 
I was just so I had I had vendors coming up to me and saying, "Can you show me how you're doing that?" It just worked out so well, and all the information was right there without having to take my notebook and take my my iPhone and take you know the staple business card. It was all in one place, and I just put um, all of that into a file in Evernote. It was fabulous. Mark, so, all you. Your system it, it did was, work out really well. Yeah. It, can you, it wasn't the would, neatest thing, but it worked out so nicely. Can you post that in the group, what you did, so people who mm-hmm. aren't listening can see? Because I'm going to steal it because I have a trade show coming up. <laughs> and I'm always looking for better ways to do things, you know? Um, so you guys had a little um, outline of stuff you wanted to talk about. So do you want to jump right into that now? Yeah. Um, good. Well, we just, we just talked about how we um, talk to vendors differently. Um, I I will say that um, even if a vendor says they don't want to sell on Amazon, it doesn't mean they won't make a product for you that you can sell on Amazon. So Very good something. point. Very good point. They may not want XYZ brand, their brand of this product on Amazon, but they may make the exact same thing for, for Ellie Lippitz to sell under mm-hmm. her brand name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a really, that's a really good, good thought. And that's another so that, reason. Sorry. Ahead, why you shouldn't come in with all guns blazing, you know, like do you work with Amazon sellers? Because once you get in a conversation with somebody, you know, and they tell you, oh, once that e-commerce thing comes up, they say, well, we don't work with, you know, Amazon sellers, or we already have an exclusive with so-and-so, or we have so many Amazon sellers already. We'll say that I, I completely understand, you know, do you do any private label? Do you do any custom products? And I it opens a whole idea. new conversation. I love that idea. Because, you know, there are a lot of people – in my niche, um, who sell jewelry related to the crafting, not making it, but, you know, crafty kind of jewelry stuff, but they don't Mm -hmm. want to be sold on Amazon. So I'm going to use that at the next show and say, could you make them for, um, for my store under my store name, et cetera. You know, that would be, that's just genius. I love that. So I hope you guys are listening to that one. That's a good one. This is one that that's really worked out well for us. And I do want to say that, as much as we talk about it, there are still people out there that will get exclusive too. I mean, uh, kudos to Jen for this because <laughs> I met a vendor that I was spending a lot of time with that I'll, I'll bring up again in a minute. So while she was waiting for me, she was walking down some other aisles just going back to get samples. And I'm going to mm-hmm. let her tell the rest of this story. And she just, this was amazing because we had both walked through this booth and neither of us had jumped on this in the beginning. So, Jen, well, you I tell mean, them about it. Of my accidental exclusive, yes. <laughs> I, uh, I was just uh, killing some time. It was the last day of the show, and Ellie had a really long order that she was placing. And... So like Ellie said, I was like, I'm going back up where they're doing the samples. I always have lots of good samples. My favorite earrings now are something that I brought back from the show. (laughs) But, um, you know, so I stopped at this booth again and uh, talked to a woman that I had a a brief conversation with yesterday. And uh, as a side note, the last day of the show when they close early, it's pretty dead. It's a great Mm -hmm. time to have conversations with people. Ellie and I did so much on that last day it was absolutely yeah, worth going for the half day. Um, but I, I got to talking with her about, as, and my focus coming in was, can you do a certain type of custom item for me? And we were talking about it. And the more and more we got into the conversation, I could kind of sense a question in the back of her mind, like, well, why don't you want to sell my products on Amazon? Why do you just want your own product made? So I kind of sensed that question. So I I kind of paused the conversation and I said, let me explain to you why it is that I'm focusing on making and customizing my own product. And I explained to her the volatility of the Amazon marketplace about, you know, how if I were to take her products and list them, 
then other sellers might come in, bottom out the price. Or, you know, a lot of times the vendors, you know, decide that they want to sell on Amazon for themselves and, you know, I can't compete with their margins. So, you know, I end up getting shut out of the marketplace. So I was focusing on custom items to not get shut out. And she looked at me and she said, well, if I give you an exclusive, <laughs> oh my God. You, if I yeah. give you an exclusive, would Such you be willing product. to sell my products? And she Such said, a good and product I, furthermore, I've looked into Amazon, into selling on Amazon myself and had decided it's not for me. So if you sell my products, you know that I am not going to go and sell them on Amazon for myself. I placed a perfect. humongous order right then and there. That is like the perfect, so. the perfect scenario, right? And I love her entire line. Mm -hmm. Yep. And she realizes that her time is better spent designing and making products. Your expertise is selling the products. It was uh, it was it was fun. It was an accidental exclusive. So I did not end up doing a custom line. She said we can still do custom work in the future. And uh, (laughs) so that that door is still open. But, yeah, I mean, I'm happy to start with her products because it's a really good product line. So, it, Yeah, awesome. it's a great product. And I never in a million years would have thought this wasn't already on Amazon. It was such a great product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, And while so, she was doing that, I was with a vendor that I had sold, been selling for a year and a half. And the previous holiday, I placed a huge order with them and I sold tons of their stuff. But in this past year, um, some bigger sellers have come in with repricers and are driving the prices on the items to the bottom. Like there's no, there's nothing in there that to make any profit. And I've been talking to that about them, talking to them about it the whole time. And he said to me, well, why didn't you place an order with you? He said, I didn't realize it, but I said, well, because there was no profit. He said, well, you should have called me directly. These are the owners that come to the show. And while we were there, he and I, like, worked out this whole thing where they would make products for me. I can still, I would still sell it under their name because their brand name is well-known, but Mm -hmm. I would be the only one who could sell it. So if there were things that were discontinued in their catalogs, um, he would open that up so only I could sell them. He would take different components and put them together to make a product just for me. He would make products just for me, still with their beautiful gift boxes, with their name on it, but I would be the only one who could sell it. So I love that. It, I love it. It was awesome. It's, it's it was really and you awesome. Could not, you could not have done that if you weren't in, there in person. You know, I know a lot of people don't think trade shows are expensive and stressful and time-consuming, but... There is things that you can do in person that you could never manage just via email or even on the phone. It just it doesn't work the same way, you know. Um, well, now they're really excited about it. Yes, they're really – and this vendor is really um, a little arty and a little sort of out there floating when he talks about stuff. But he's very dedicated to this because I just saw him at this past trade show too, this past weekend. And he already was thinking of new ideas and his wife, and they gave me their private email, which isn't even their business email, and I should just work only with them from their business from now on. That's genius. Uh, you know, there is, there is something to be said for having niches and that are not – I don't want to say hugely visible to the basic Amazon seller, but kind of that's what I want to say. The average person selling on Amazon is not going to look for arty, creative kind of stuff. They're focused on, you know, big names and all that kind of stuff. But there's tons of money to be made with those less visible kind of products. Mm -hmm. Right. That actually reminds me of what I meant to say earlier, and that was, you know, the different ways we looked at the uh, trade show. Um, don't judge a booth by its contents. You know, to some extent you do, but if there is something you're like, oh, well, I wish they had that, go in and ask them. They might have that. You know, I wish they had that. Oh, go in and ask them. Maybe they will make that. I mean, those are the kinds of things that I didn't do um, the first time around, you know, two years ago at the the bigger show. Obviously, I didn't go to a big show last year. It was a 
Was you were a, busy. Uh, <laughs> it was a busy year for me. <laughs> I only went to like the the um, two smaller shows, but um, it was it was a big change to say, oh wait a minute, let me let me check over here because there's this item in this booth, so maybe they also make this item, or maybe they could make this item. So I I definitely didn't judge a booth by its contents, and it's funny how you bring up you know the niches that every Amazon seller isn't necessarily focused on. Yeah, I mean, that's where I am. You know, it's like I can't see some of the the people you read about in the other groups looking at this niche. They'd probably laugh, but then again, you know, it's there's a lot of money to be made in these. And um, John Wayne mentioned in the group um, um, about talking on the last day about custom items and getting exclusives in that way, and he says that's gold, he says. I know so many people don't stay for the last day of a show, and I do, no matter how much my feet hurt and how tired I am. I, w- I go the last day, that half day where they close it, it one or two usually. Um, I found a lot of luck in doing that because there's nobody else there. Mm-hmm. Well, we hadn't done it before. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm commuting distance, so it's not a big deal for me. It's like an hour, hour and a half on the train. But we hadn't done it together before because Jen's travel schedule and stuff like that, I will never miss the last day of New York now again. I mean, it just was amazing. And as a side note, you know, a lot of times, especially if the vendor's from far away, they'll sell stuff out of their booth. Or yes. they'll give you samples yeah. or stuff like that. And I had that happen also. We were scraping together like our last dollars <laughs> to, to buy some stuff out of this one booth. And um, and if this vendor came back again, I would like email him ahead of time and say, I'm just going to buy everything in your booth. So you know, I'll just buy your whole booth. And he would have given that to me too. That's mm-hmm. a great way to test products too because you're not buying, you know, dozens and dozens of stuff. You're buying a, a representative sampling of things, you know, which is really good. I um, I bought everything a vendor had in the same way. And I wasn't even at the show. It was last, last year when I was on vacation. I missed the, one of the shows I usually go to. And the vendors from India – and I sell her products like crazy. And she said, um, would you buy all of these, um, th- all of the items that are in the booth when we're done? Um, she says there'll be about 900 of them, um, et cetera. And 900 fits in like four banker's boxes, so we're not talking, you know, big things. And she says, we'll ship them to your house for free. And I got, got them all for half of her regular wholesale price, just so she didn't have to take them back to India. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that, that sounds like a win. great. That, yeah, that sounds awesome. Uh, and the fact I, that we had a we had a relationship, and I was the first person she asked um, if I wanted to do it, and that's because I'd met her in person at this show probably four or five times. Um, she's a lovely Finnish woman who uh, married a man from India, and they've started their business in India. Um, so it's, it was a win-win. She didn't have to haul the stuff back to India and I got a lot of products at a great price. That is fantastic. I think also walking the show together, and I don't know if you and Ron walk the show together, Charlene, but we we found when you walk the show together, I mean, we would split up too, but when we walk the show together, we both see different things that are good for each other. Um, we both know what the other person sells intimately and uh, bouncing ideas off each other or sometimes we see things that we think would be right for the other person is a huge, huge deal. It just gives you like a whole nother set of eyes. And we have that happen a bunch of times. We've really utilized that too because sometimes you know when you need that extra set of eyes, when you're like, I want to make an order here. There's a lot going on. So we both, there was one instance where I went over with Ellie to one of her vendors and we went through, this was a huge booth. We went through the entire booth together, said what we like, what we this, what we that, and for her to write up the order later. And uh, it was later on the same day, I think, that I pulled Ellie into one of my vendors' booths and said, Ellie, what do you think about this, this, and this? And uh, she was actually, she's like, did you look up? I was like, oh. oh that was right across there. from that booth. <laughs> you know, yeah. That was right that across. Was, we were right across. And she's like, did you look up? I'm like, 
that's a great product. I didn't even see it there. You know, so it's one of those, um, it's so nice to have somebody to bounce ideas off of, to look through a booth with you when they know the type of stuff that you sell. That's right. I have a girlfriend who goes to the summer show with me, and she's been doing it for, I think, seven or eight shows now. And she's not an Amazon seller, but she is really, really well-known in, um, as a technician in, in the knitting niche. And um, she's really good to go with. And she's learned so much because now she knows about oversize and all sorts of stuff, you know, that she never thought she would ever have to learn all this. But now she goes in and she's a good set of eyes because, you know, you get so tunnel vision on stuff, you know. Um, And you don't think about about moving laterally within stuff. Um, And and, um, she's also very good is – she reminds me, she's learned all the questions that you should ask, like about shipping, delivery times, blah, blah, blah. And if I miss one, she'll ask it. She's gotten that good. <laughs> so I love that, you know. So saying, now tell us how long is your lead time on deliveries if I forgot to ask it? You know, it's like, yeah, Pat, good girl, you know. Because <laughs> you get so excited, you just like, it, stuff goes out of your head sometimes, you know. You're making the deal and you forget those little details. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I I think we both um I think we both learn and grow each time we go together cuz we both see different things uh and some things we do sell are similar but just just talking. I I mean the particular vendor that Jen is talking about loves her, like greeted her with a hug. You know, and you can't get that. That's great. If you yeah. really if She's you have that in person you know, so I think that's really important to note when going to trade shows. I, I have vendors I see a lot. You know, some of them I only see once a year. But the ones that I've forged really good relationships with are the ones that I also um, have been doing private branding or, or and stuff like that with. I mean, we were at the Philly show. And I was looking for some, I've been looking for um, a specific thing to photograph. Um, and uh, this vendor, and I got to talking, and she invited me out to her place in like a month so I could come and photograph all these things that are going to be in bloom right then because I was looking for for that particular item. And it just happened because we just got to talking and then we were talking about where they live and then we're talking, you know, and it's just about relationship building. And now I'm going to carry her product and I'm going to go visit her, at, you know, where she lives on her farm. So it, That's it's great. It, it's really mm-hmm. amazing. And I have drink it's, dates already set up for the show I'm going to in June, you know, let's get together Tuesday night for a drink, you know, so we can talk not on the show floor. And it's like, yes, because you know that's where deals are made, you know, mm-hmm. um, not on the show floor. A lot of deals are done. So it's like I would never turn one of those down if a vendor invites you to something or or does anything like that. Don't turn it down, even if you don't want their products now because you never know what it will lead to, kind of, you know, like that exclusive that fell into your lap. They might yeah. be best friends with this account you've been trying to get for a while. You never know. Yeah. Well, the the vendor that Ellie was just talking about that uh, that greeted me with a hug, I just got um, my latest order from her, and she included a whole bunch of free items just to say, hey, these are items you might want to test out. Yeah. Isn't that smart for mm-hmm. both people? Because you might buy them and be able to sell them, you know. It, it's yeah, that's that's the beauty of this kind of thing. And and I really want to encourage everybody listening. You've got to get to at least one show this year. I know you guys said Jen's been to two and Ellie's been to three in the last month and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, ge- geography plays a big thing. I mean, people who don't live near major trade show areas probably couldn't afford to go to that many just because of travel expenses. But um, if you want to grow, you're going to have to go to them. I mean, I'm going to say that flat out. And I know a lot of people say, oh, you could do it without going. Just get the lifts and all that. It's not the same. It is not the same. And lots of shows have have areas that show trends. The last two shows I've been to had an old, whole area that was 
it was products from Boost, but they've been put together in a way to show this is the trend for next year. You know, these are the things. Mm -hmm. So it may not be that you go and find those exact products, but you can see where the market is moving and work within your niche to take on those kind of things too. I would say that going to trade shows is the number one thing that changed my business. And I don't live close to trade shows. Um, Ellie's lucky. She's in New Jersey. She's a train ride away from so many trade shows. But I first went to the Philadelphia gift show primarily because I wanted to meet and have dinner with Ellie, who we had never met in person before. So I went over to the (laughs) trade show to meet Ellie was grandly disappointed, but no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm on no, you fabulous. I, I, I made a best friend. I changed my business. Um, you know, it was, uh, it, it was incredible. So now when I look at that expense of what it is to, you know, to go to a trade show, those expenses are really offset by what I know I'm going to get out of it. Yeah, and I, I want everybody to really take that to heart. Um, you can't get any more remote than where I am, and I make the effort to go. I mean, it is that important to spend, you know, to, for me to get anywhere where there's a trade show, except the rare one in Salt Lake City, you're talking six or eight hours minimum of flights. The one I'm going to in June, I'll be flying from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. to get there. That's just the way it is. But it is so worth it. You know, I would not have my biggest account if I hadn't been at these shows. There is no question I couldn't have gotten it without meeting in person because they didn't want their stuff on Amazon. They didn't. And I want to say I just wore them down. Um, but I think more, more, more likely was they came to realize that they had to be if they wanted to grow and that they needed to pick people who they felt comfortable working with to do that. You know, and that's kind of where that, that came about. Um, admittedly I'm spoiled because I'm so close and it's hard like Jen and I have talked about going to Atlanta a bunch of times but every time we bring it up it's just really hard for me to say that I'm going to do that because I can go to so many shows at the Javits and even or at in Philadelphia so it's it's hard for me to branch out unless we have specific things that that um, or specific shows we want to go to because I find so many things in New York. But if I would just really encourage anybody. And then also, if you are going to a show, I mean, post it in the group. See if there will be other people there. that You don't have to walk the show with them, and they don't have to see what you're interested in because I know a lot of people keep that private, but have dinner with them. I mean, we go to Philadelphia. I go to see Jen Mm -hmm. primarily when I go to Philadelphia because I don't find it as great a show. I do have one vendor there that has a big booth in Philadelphia because it's a lot cheaper than New York now, and they can spend a ton of time with me there. But when we went went there this past time, um, we met up with Steven Peterson and his wife. We met up with someone else, and we all had dinner together. And it's just so great to talk business in a casual, friendly way, and it also forges friendship. Yeah, yeah so I you totally can reach agree. Out. I've met um, another group member goes to the summer show that I go to, um, Meredith, and got to meet her there. And, yeah, I would not be comfortable walking the show floor Um, with just anybody because you have to have either spoken or unspoken guidelines about who gets what, you know, kind of account and all of that. So when I walk it with Ron, um, it's pretty clear that if it's anything textile related, it's mine. You know, it's like he doesn't need to learn about textile arts and all that. But then then the other stuff becomes a trade-off. Well, yeah, I got that new account in um, the textile field the next one that looks good, you can have kind of thing. That's kind of what we do. Um, Mm -hmm. But you just kind of, if you're going to do it like you guys do, I think you have a really unspoken kind of relationship about that, right? We we do. We don't really share the same vendor except in one case. Um, Mm -hmm. 
the last, the New York Now before this, I know people have heard this story, we were (laughs) really tired and we wanted the same account. And and we'd also come from spending time together in Seattle at the Amazon Women's Conference. And Jen was like, we should talk about who's going to have this. And I was like, no. I just kept saying oh, no. So and funny. I was like, we need to have a conversation about this, Ellie. And like, I was like, can't no. Carry the same items from the same vendor. And she was like, no, I'm not going to. And I just looked at her. I was like, well, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to the bathroom. I'll be back. Yeah. And so we thought we were really great this time. We came back all cheerful and yeah. everything. And Erin um, was in the car with me the other day, and I had Jen on speakerphone. And she said to me, she was, she said to both of us, she was like, oh, yeah, you guys were so much better this time because I remember <laughs> the time before. I said, no, it wasn't that bad. She go, and she's rolling her eyes at both of us. Tell, like, I she goes, really? It, was it that wasn't bad. that bad? You guys look like you were going to kill each other. It was like, no, it wasn't that bad. So, oh, outside looking in, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And just, and Erin says exactly what she thinks to both of us. So, this time was so much different that way. I mean, we were thrilled for the other person, a little jealous if they got a really good deal, but both of us got such good, such good deals and found such good product that it was, you know, not a bad thing. Um, and, and we grew that way also. You mean Jen texted me about a particular vendor that she wanted me to come see, and I was on the other side of the Javits, which is a long way. I'm just going to say it was a long walk. And I rushed over there, and in the middle of rushing there, I found a vendor that did exactly <laughs> something we both wanted to do as a, a private label that they can make for us separately. And I was, and so we went to this vendor she had found, and then we went back to this um, other guy who I think is going to work out fabulously for both of us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, knowing each other's what we both have in mind ahead of time, too, has made us open our eyes up to opportunity for each other. We definitely so had our eyes open for each other. And I would say, too, that, um, I lost it again. <laughs> That's okay. Sorry. Let me, it'll come let back. Me ask, let it'll me come ask back. this, and maybe it'll, maybe it'll um, trigger something, because the last time it did. I know, especially with the, with the smaller manufacturers who are doing, you know, not necessarily handcrafted, but small batches of stuff, how do you plan ordering now for Christmas? Oh, I ask. I'm- I, I mean, I ask, and I do do small vendors. A lot of mine are small vendors. Uh, that is one of my questions I ask. Uh, ask right up front if I'm thinking about Christmas or the holidays. And I should, and that's a good point, Charlene, is Jen and I learned from doing New York Now in August that August is as much as we can bring new product. Uh, everybody should realize, for the most part, we don't compete with anyone else on our listings, or very few. I don't compete with anybody on my listings. I create my own listings. I write my own copy. I do my own keywords. I do my own photos. So I don't compete with anyone. And Jen, for the most part, doesn't either. So when I'm looking at an order, I'm also thinking about the holidays. And, and, I, have, and I ask, you know, when I'm placing the order, if I'm going to order X amount of items from you and I want them delivered August, September, October, when, is the, when re- realistically for you should I order them? And I take that in my notes. So I placed an order with, in um, the world section, uh, and I said to her, because her product comes from um, South America, I said, when can I realistically order this because it's really specifically for the holidays. And she said to me, would you please order it by the end of June because by the time we have them make it and I'm there in the summer and we ship it home in a container and everything, then, you know, I need that time. I said, well, what Mm -hmm. if I ordered at the New York Now show in August? She goes, that's my emergency orders and I cannot guarantee those will get there till November. 
Yeah, and then it's so, too late. Right, it really is. Although that I is, did, like, buy out one of my vendors out of a certain product. I just kept ordering it over and over and over again. And when they did get that, their next shipment in, which was, like, December 28th, they literally texted me from the warehouse while they were opening the cartons photos of the product and asked me how many I wanted, and I told them, and they shipped it out that day. Relationships, you know? Yeah, totally relationships. So people think, you know, this is not retail arbitrage where you can go to the store in October and find products and send them in. There is, especially um, with the smaller manufacturers, there is lead time, and you have to make yourself aware of it because even mid-sized manufacturers seem to be oblivious to the fact that people need their stuff in their stores for holidays, you know, before December. I've got one that just drives me crazy. I'll order in the summer, and they're just like, they seem in like no hurry to get it done, and it'll show up in mid-December. And it's like, well, gee, thanks. Fortunately, there's the gift card sales, but, you know. Um, yeah. one, thing, I, one thing that I think that woke me up a lot going to trade shows is, not everybody is as serious as you and Jen or I or the group members are about their business, even though they're at a trade show with a booth and they're not as organized and they don't know as much, which that was the shocking thing for me that I'm ordering from wholesalers and they don't know the most economical ways to ship things. And that one is mind boggling. So, you know, I, that's one thing I try to be very clear on is, you know, how you are going to ship, um, what it's going to cost, et cetera. Um, you know, and if they're not willing to move on their pricing, ask if they can you have it billed to your own UPS account if their prices are not reasonable. I mean, you can easily check uh, based on sample um, orders if they're giving you a, a good deal. I've got one vendor who um, only ships FedEx. Well, in many cases, that's way more expensive than UPS, you know. So don't assume that your vendor is smart about all things of their business. You may know more about their business than they do. I think that's a good point because uh, I have a product that has been incredibly successful for me, but it ships out of Seattle, and it cost me 10 to 12% in shipping. And I met a vendor at the show with Jen, and they ship out of L.A., same product. And he told me it would never go above 10%. I said, that's impossible because it's – and he said, no, I will never go above 10%. And he actually shipped me out samples right then while I was at the show. And wouldn't you know it, they came in at 8%. There you so go. it really does make a big difference. And, and I, I sometimes, point out, I sometimes this, spot this, check and question – the amounts that mm-hmm. come through. I did it yesterday on a small order that comes priority mail because they're small and light. Um, and I questioned the amount because it was like, I try to stay under 5% because my stuff is um, more expensive for its weight than the average thing. So 5% is the max I really want to get to. And this one was about nine. And I questioned it and she says, no, Courtney and I have double checked. It won't fit in this regional rate, flat rate box. It had to go in this, so that's why it's that. And it's like, okay, but there's nothing wrong with checking, you know? Yeah. There's nothing wrong. It's your money, so don't Mm -hmm. feel bad that you are checking. Um, I have another vendor who charges a flat percentage, and it's it's 8%. Um, so, So in some cases, they win big. I mean, I know it, and it annoys the heck out of me that I know they're making a fortune on the shipping just because the stuff is expensive for its weight. Um, so based on the flat 8%, they're doing it, but they won't budge. But you can, all you can do is ask, you know? I mean, um, mm-hmm. if you don't ask, you'll never know the answer. And I think well, people you were should talk- also shop around too. If you're in a particular niche, you may find that then other vendors carry the same or similar products for less money. I think that was kind of an eye-opening thing for me at this particular show. I have a product that has been incredibly successful for me this year, and I've been buying it for the most part from one or two vendors, 
And this time I focused on those vendors that I knew were, they were all in a similar niche. They all import from the same, the same um, country for the most part. And the price variations for the same product, because I had all their catalogs laid out on, the, on my kitchen table with Jen, was really incredible. The, the ones that I've been buying from, he wouldn't come down on his, on his prices anymore. But then I went to a different catalog, and it was obviously almost the same product. And they were like, well, if you buy 25 or more, they came down $2 an item. And it really Whoa. made a difference. So because a lot if, of these I, uh, people aren't familiar. Um, some of the jewelry I buy is fair trade jewelry from a particular country. And um, it doesn't mean the person you're buying from is the only one who imports this jewelry. It could be the cooperative mm-hmm. who makes it. It's women making it in their homes. And then they sell it to a cooperative. That cooperative could be selling to six or eight or 10 or two, even two importers into the U.S. So you may find the exact same thing from another vendor at a different price. And that's, I think, what happened to you, Ellie, wasn't it? Exactly what happened to me. Yeah, so be aware if you're doing, especially these um, more artisanal, artisan-made products, um, that that same product may be out there in more than one place from more than one person. And it may be you'll find it at a different show even, you know, that other vendor of it. You never know. Absolutely. And so, you Ellen, were talking about the... Go ahead, Jen. Oh, sorry. I was just I was gonna touch back on the uh holiday orders. Okay, please. Um just I'm I'm highly I'm into seasonal. I, I do half of my sales in Q four. So for me, I walk this show with a uh, five page spreadsheet of my goal planning, which was very specific, you know, down to the types of SKUs I wanted to carry, the prices I wanted to buy them for, how many I planned to sell based on my previous sales of the year, if I could buy the exact same product from the same vendor, or if I needed to find a new product to replace something that had sold for me before. A lot of times I would have overbought something or underbought something, so really knowing those numbers that I wanted to hit. So I have that whole goal built out to cover that you know, the, that sales number that I know I can hit for sure that's, you know, equal to what I did last year. And then I have my over and above that, you know, I'm sourcing new product. But I really walk the show with that, and I have the majority of my seasonal orders placed. They're pre-orders. They're placed to be delivered mostly in August. August is going to be a crazy month. Boy, yeah. For both of us, yeah. <laughs> Clear the decks, right? <laughs> It's going to be truck after truck after truck. But that's the forward planning it takes in this business. And we're luckier. Think of fashion who's working, you know, two years ahead. It's not that they are designing now for for summer. They're designing now for summer 2020. Um, It's just the cycle things take, which is a very different thing from retail arbitrage, isn't it? It's not right in front of you ready to go. It takes this pre-planning and all of this. That, that. Well, we, retail arbitrage, someone else is planning it. Now we're planning it. You know, someone else has control. When you're doing retail arbitrage and you're buying for the holidays, someone else already made those decisions. And when you're um, doing it for yourself, you have to make those decisions. Which so, can be scary, That's a good right? way of putting it. Yeah, it is a very good way. I'm going to steal that. Because <laughs> it you is. Know, the, I mean... The other thing I think that people should be aware of, and I don't know how this will affect anybody else, is Amazon was definitely there. Amazon Handmade had a big thing, had a big booth and everything. And I actually bought from a vendor who told me that they sell to Whole Foods. And and I have a friend who showed me what she, she had bought that item at Whole Foods, and they will put my own tag on it and everything and brand it for me. And I said to Jen, I wonder how that's going to work because now that Amazon has Whole Foods, how is that going to work with that vendor? That yeah, will be interesting. interesting. Yeah, that will be interesting. I have found recently, which is good news from us, a backlash against vendors uh, selling to Amazon, not on Amazon, but selling directly to Amazon, which is great news for us. 
they want to be on Amazon, but they don't want all the stuff that goes along with selling to Amazon. Yeah, yeah and well, we've also mm-hmm. seen vendors that aren't necessarily very honest with you about whether or not they sell on Amazon. Maybe they oh, started yeah. to sell, maybe they stopped to sell. We've seen um, vendors. Well, I had one that told me they're not on Amazon at all. I went, I went back and looked them up. They're restricted. They're they're brand gated. Oh, they Lord. told me they're not even on Amazon. Oh, well, they had stuff. They have stuff up there that's merchant fulfilled that they're not even touching. I said, well, uh, you know, I, yeah. <laughs> Basically, I didn't want to deal with them anymore at that point. But I said, you know, if you're if you are interested in going through the process and in getting me approved for your brand, then I I would I would consider carrying your products. You know, and then there was another one that. Um, said, well, we're, we're only on handmade by Amazon, so you can still sell us. I thought, well, that's a kind of, maybe they're only selling a couple of things. No, their entire line is on handmade by Amazon. So they didn't understand that you can't create a product and on the regular part of Amazon that's identical to a handmade by Amazon product. It's the same product by the same vendor. You same can't brand. Really do that. Yeah. Same brand. So they really didn't have an understanding of that. Um, you know, it's funny. I was going to say that, you know, as far as gold and, and as far as what we were looking for at the trade show, I write everything down. And it's obvious to see why. Chemo brain is real. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I did remember what I was going to say earlier. And it was just that, you know, there were so many moments, especially that last day, when I felt like Ellie and I were both glowing with excitement for the vendors that we had found. And at the same time, like listening to someone else's find and being incredibly jealous in a, in a positive kind of way, if that's possible. <laughs> but we knew we had struck gold. We knew we had struck gold when we were excited about it, and the other person was jealous of it. It was just, it was, yeah, that's it, a like I said, jealous sides. in a positive way. But, um, yeah, we knew we had struck gold at that point. So, so do you think, it's, and this is just from your observation about those vendors, do you think some of it comes from they don't know how Amazon works and some of them are just being disingenuous? Both. I think Both. for the one about handmade with Amazon that they really didn't understand how Amazon works. I think the, the, uh, the one that said that they weren't on Amazon at all, I think they were being disingenuous because when I went and talked to them, and this was actually at the, this was at the Philadelphia gift show, not at New York, but when I went and talked to them, uh, the second day, I said, well, I found your products listed. And she's like, oh, yeah, well, I put them up there, but they're not. And I just thought to myself, well, you told me they weren't on Amazon. So maybe there was a little bit of lack of understanding. But I think that when she told me that their products weren't on Amazon, that she really knew that that wasn't the case. So I'm not yeah, sure why I, she I, said that. Like I was going to place an order and not look for myself? I'm not sure. Yeah, especially if it's gated. I mean, come on. That took effort was, to yeah. get done. That, it's not, exactly. that wasn't like... It's not easy to get brand gated. So I really felt like that was disingenuous. She was just trying to make a sale that I would be stuck with. Very bizarre. So that's why I yeah, said and... I really didn't want to work with her at that point. And I did say, well, if, you, you know, if you're interested, you can get me, get me approved to sell your brand, and then I'll, I'll take a look at your catalog. But I never heard back from her. So. And you know that's not going to happen. I can tell you mm-hmm. they aren't going to no. do that. No. But I mean, at that just... point, I really didn't want anything to do. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I had one brand that was – I can remember I was sitting in the car talking to him, waiting to Pilates class, because had, I had started with this brand before they were a brand. They were a Kickstarter project and um, in the craft niche. And um, I first met them at a trade show probably six years ago before they had the product. They were just sewing samples, you know, of, of their in-development stuff. And I carried them for years and years and years. And I made all the listings on Amazon for them. Um, lots of people came in later. But, you know, so I thought I had a really good relationship with them. And get this letter saying, that nobody else can sell our products. We're selling to Amazon now. They're they're uh. doing away with all their third parties. So I called Dave, and I said, "What's going on?" And he, you know, gave the usual, you know, shuffle dance kind of trying to explain and about um, things. And I, you know, I told him at that point, I said, "You know, brand registry and then gating is is the way you need to go if you want to get rid of 
sellers who are tanking prices and all that. And he says, well, no, the deal's already been made with Amazon um, for us to sell directly to them. I said, okay, fine. And then he has the nerve to say this one. I couldn't believe it. If things don't work out with Amazon, you can come back and sell our products then. Mm. And I'm like, I'm like, Dave, no offense, but it will be a cold day in hell when I take your sloppy seconds. And there was like dead silence on the other end of the phone. I said, you treated me badly once by doing this. I'm not going to let you treat me badly again. You know, it's like you just sometimes wonder um, what goes through people's minds when they, they, they make decisions like that. Oh, yeah, well, you can come back if it doesn't work out with Amazon. No, I've moved on. You know, I've moved on. It's not worth working with bad vendors. It's just not no, worth it. No, it isn't. No, there's too many good ones out there. Too many exactly. honest ones, too many creative ones, too many that and, – and part of it comes that they don't understand retail, for one thing. You know, they're good at making products and all that, but they don't understand what it's like to be on this side of it. And the other side is then they don't understand how Amazon works. Mm-hmm. And I kind of look at part of our job as educating people, and there are ones mm-hmm. who you can mm-hmm. tell when you're talking to them that you can you can see that they really want to listen and learn and the others that have this blank stare like they could care less. I think yeah, opportunities for sure. like that though, well for us, I mean I've had a vendor that I was selling their stuff, I created all the listings and they just decided they don't want anyone selling on Amazon. They don't want any of their products on Amazon. They are a small manufacturer. They just don't want it. Now, ironically, somebody else is selling their stuff on Amazon now. And I told them about it, and they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're, get, we're getting them off the listing. So I sold out of my products, but then I was like, you know what? I can create this. And so I did some illustrations, and I sent it out to um, Upworks to have it designed. And now I'm having it made by somebody else, and now it's all mine. And I don't, you know, uh, and the quality is just as good, and the price is is the same, and this and the the new the manufacturer is also small, and they're willing to work with me. So sometimes it works out better. It does, yeah, it does. And interestingly enough, the product that the line of products that this company I'm talking about sold, the the bloom is off the rose. The niche is over. It was in the coloring niche. Um, mm-hmm. adult coloring well it's over and done so now they right. have to focus on the serious crafts people and artists to sell these products and I don't know if it will you know um, so they kind of like pick bad timing to yank the uh, the floor out from under people because I was selling the product on eBay as well well I'm not going to sell it there now either you know I just left a bad taste in my mouth so yeah. anyway um, we're at the top of the hour. I want to ask each of you to leave the group with one one tip you can share that, that will help people find products. So that seems to be the sticking point, finding the products. One tip. Okay, I'll go. Um, look at what you're currently selling, whether it's retail arbitrage, whether it's wholesale. I mean, without without needing to say it, obviously trade show is going to be your best possible place. So whether or not you're looking at a trade show or you're looking for this online, look for something similar. Try to find something that you can make your own and take that little sidestep from your niche to say, well, I'm selling, you know, purple gizmos. I wonder if blue ones sell. Try to take that sidestep. Look at what other sellers who sell in your niche are also selling. Those are all great places to start. Awesome. Ellie? I, I was thinking more aligned. Think about the things that make you happy that you buy. Um, you know, if it makes you happy to buy that item or be in that niche or collect that thing, then it's going to make somebody else happy too. And you're going to enjoy talking to those vendors that make those products. So, you know, if you uh, – an this is just I'm throwing this out there. If you like have a beautiful garden, 
you know, think about what makes that garden so beautiful. What makes you happy? Do you put out stuff in your garden? Do you have sculptures? Do you have seeds? You know, do you have um, beautiful pods? Do you, you know, all of those things are being sold by somebody. And touching that product is going to make you happy and also make you successful. And those are the niches you already know. So grow on that. I totally agree with that. So that's that's what I would tell people. There are lots of opportunities still out there, as Jen and I have both talked about. And honestly, if Jen and I had two more days at that show and we would watch it again, I think we would have doubled the amount that we found. Absolutely. You know what? As you've seen other products and moved to the right, you may go down the next aisle and move to the left because there's something that sparked in there. You know, it is, it's, it's, I go to shows that have needlepoint in them. I sell nothing related to needlepoint um, because it's not something that sells well online. It's something where people need to see the canvases at the store and all that kind of stuff. But I still walk every aisle of those at the shows because you never know what will pop out. There might be some crazy little tool that somebody and somebody's husband invented and it's sitting in the booth along with all the other stuff. You know, you never know. You've got to be open to ideas, just totally open. And I agree. I I don't sell stuff I don't want to handle and think about and live with and deal with and all that's why I don't sell toys because I don't want to, I don't like them. It's not something I want to learn about, you know, so I sell what I want to learn more about. So ladies, I since we're past time and I don't want to talk to you to cut us off, I'm gonna thank you very, very much, Jen Pershing Simmers and Ellie Lippitz. And I heard I think I heard spirit in there a bit. A little whiny whiny. Oh Sky. Oh Sky. Sky. <laughs> um so thank you for sharing because I did learn something I'm gonna put into play um at my next trade show. So thank you for that. And Ellie, if you could post in the group your your trade show organizing tip that we talked about at the top of the hour. That would mm-hmm. be awesome. Okay. I will. Thank, thank you all for joining us. I know this is one people are going to listen to more than once. So thank you so much. And you guys have a rest of the day. Make it a great one. Um, enjoy the warm weather. And we'll talk to you on Facebook. Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.